It's all intentional on John's part, I think, to to remind us that Jesus was really dead. You're right. Mm -hmm. And he had to die because the wages of sin are death. That's right. And he had to pay that ultimate price. Yeah. And but then it had to be resurrected in order to defeat death. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there's the question of well, well, why did he have to die such an excruciating and painful and horrible death? Why? Why couldn't he have just uh, died in his sleep for us? Or why couldn't he have Hmm. died a less brutal death? Welcome, everyone, to podcast number 138, Renew Your Mind. With us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg. We have Associate Pastor Jeremy Taru, and he's also our Director of Youth and Family Ministry. We have a retired pastor, Barry Sweet, and myself, Dana Hall, as the moderator. Um, Today... We're coming to you the day after Easter, and we want to talk about we want to talk about the resurrect, resurrection. Um, and in trying to prepare for this pod podcast series, I um, I watched a DVD um, by Lee Strobel, and he had written the case for Easter. And um, he was a Chicago Tribune editor, um, and his wife came to faith before he did, and um, he was wasn't a believer at that time and but he was an awesome journalist investigator so he decided he was going to investigate um the case for Easter and um and he was an atheist at that point he was an unbeliever he was an atheist right. correct he was definitely an unbeliever he was an atheist and um basically by the time he got done investigating he he uh became a believer at that time, but the way he um, approached things, you know, one of his questions was, "Is did Jesus really die?" Um, and then he talked about a bunch of things that proved that. But I thought that would be a good question for us to talk about today. So, um, and I'm going to just open it up to anybody. You know, how do we know that Jesus really died? One of the aspects of death. Uh, is that people go through a process uh, of dying. And when you look at what Jesus went through on, um, it would have been Good Friday morning, maybe early in the morning, or mm-hmm. just uh, with uh, the trials with Herod and then to Pilate, and then he was beaten mm. uh, and whipped by the Roman soldiers. And if you've seen The the Passion of the Christ, the Mel Gibson film, mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first time that it really becomes, or for me, it became really, wow. You know, mm-hmm. the Romans were really brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, they could be really brutal to anyone who was uh, a criminal or considered a criminal. And uh, the the whip that they used would have uh, bone and metal in it, and it would just rake across their bodies and one of the interesting things, and again, you know, it's just based on the movie. Uh, they didn't just whip his back. You know, they got the back of his legs. Uh, you know, there are some theories that they whip his front too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I think they target, like you said, different bo- parts of the body to. Yeah, and it just rips the skin the right pain. off. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the brutality. So the loss of blood right there had to be pretty big. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he's got a crown of thorns, and it's not just placed on his head. It's pressed into his head. They take a rod and 
you know, over his head with the crown of thorns on it. And so, you know, the blood, the brain, or I'm sorry, the skin on the head, it bleeds profusely. Mm-hmm. It, a little cut, man, but it bleeds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, what happened? Well, and those thorns could have been that long. They could have gone quite a ways in. Right. And who knows if there wasn't some brain damage, you know? So yeah. so there's a lot of brutality that occurs even before the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Right. And and interestingly enough, Jesus is the first to die, uh, according to the accounts. Right. We don't know if the other criminals were whipped or we don't we don't have that account. Um, Jesus also carries the cross. Uh, through town, uh, I mean, just sapping. His I don't strength. even know how he could have done that after yeah. the the flogging. Yeah, you know? I don't know how either. <laughs> well, he, there he needed. He didn't get it all the way there. No, he needed so, help. Simon of Cyrene, Cyrene. I think right yeah. helped him, and and yeah. sometimes they say it was just the cross beam that he had to carry. Right, not the whole were, cross. Oh, okay. And his arms were tied to that, and uh-huh. so he had to carry that. But either if you way, stumbled, the exertion. He's already badly damaged and wounded. The, right. The extra mm-hmm. exertion of your body doing that work. And that had to pump more blood out, you oh, would absolutely. think, mm-hmm. carrying something like that. Yeah. And he's not getting any any liquid or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And yeah. then he gets up there and they nail his hands and feet to the cross. Well, that's going to create mm-hmm. <laughs> some more blood mm-hmm. flow. And, and then as a final... Um, telling point it's the thrust of the spear underneath the rib cage right and blood and water flowed out and that's significant because that they believe that the the water comes from uh around the heart at the pericardium yeah. pericardium yeah. Yeah. and that the spear would have i mean the soldiers knew what they were doing these guys yeah, they've done experts. it many times yeah. yeah so they show that he's indeed dead yeah and that's Again, loss of blood, your body, not to get too much into the medical, but your body starts trying to retain fluid because you're losing it. And your heart starts feeling, but he gets that swelling. That's why I think blood and water poured out of him. Mm -hmm. Well, And and I think there is, I read somewhere along the way that um, if the person that they're crucified doesn't die, then the soldier pays a price in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So they're going to make sure... That they're dead. And I think that's why they did the spear in Jesus' side is make sure he was dead. Confirm. Mm-hmm. And what did and they do with the other two uh, criminals? They broke their legs. They broke their legs. To accelerate. To, to accelerate. Right, because the then death. they can't push up yeah. so they can breathe. And right. so they that's suffocate. Right. Yeah, you have to arch your back, right? To get right. That and you can't do that with lungs. broken legs. Mm-hmm. And they didn't break Jesus' legs, which was one of the prophecies fulfilled also. No bone, bone no, broken. No bone broken. But um, because they said, determined he was already dead. Right. And so the theory that, you know, Jesus was in a coma or just in really bad shape when he was placed in the tomb and the coolness of the tomb revived him doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. And then, yeah, you also have the um, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus right. come to take Jesus's body and they actually prepare him for death. You know, yeah, they, he wasn't breathing when were, they put were they the doing that to a person in a coma. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> you know, they would have noticed I, that I, he was still yeah. alive. Surely, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. if you're in a coma, you're still there's even shallow breaths of some kind. Yes, you know, and when you wrap his head, you would see that if nothing else. Yeah, and body temperature. Right. And, you know, 
Yes. And and John talks about um, they wrap they wrap them in the appropriate way that Jews do burial and a custom. wrapping and custom, right. mm-hmm. and um, that's all intentional on John's part, I think, to to remind us that Jesus was really dead. You're right, mm-hmm. and he had to die because yeah. the wages of sin are that, death. That's right, and he had to pay that ultimate price. Yeah, and but then it had to be resurrected yeah. in order to defeat death. And mm-hmm. it's sometimes there's the question of well, well, why did he have to? die such an excruciating and painful and horrible death? Why Why couldn't he have just uh, died in his sleep for us? Or why couldn't yeah. he have hmm. died a less brutal death? But it's because he is paying for the sins of the whole world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of punishment involved with paying for the sins right. of the whole world. And I've- He takes heard, our place on that cross. Yeah. And I've heard it said that Roman crucifixion, it, it was really the most- brutal way of killing someone that they could think of at that time yeah, yeah. they wanted to be the most brutal that they possibly could so they developed this method of killing people that's mm-hmm. horrible and they would put people up on um crosses almost like a sign or a billboard like if if you cross the Roman mm-hmm. empire this is what we're going to do to you right mm-hmm. like a fear-based thing mm-hmm. so and the cross wasn't necessarily 20 feet in the air, you know, if that's exaggeration, sure. you know, like 12 feet up there. I mean, the bottom of the cross could be a foot off the ground. It mm-hmm. still worked. Yeah. And, and yeah. you would be yeah. almost eye to eye with the person being crucified. Mm. So it wasn't as though, you know, the cross was necessarily, let's say, 12 feet high and Jesus was actually maybe six or seven feet off the ground, his feet. No, his feet may have been just about a foot off the ground because mm-hmm. you don't need to be off the ground more than and an, what a an what a saying to the people in the crowd to be looking almost into the eyes of a person hanging right. on one of those right. crosses. I never, I always thought of it up high, but that's how it's presented in media. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I think there yeah. is a. It's compared to the snake in the wilderness in the times of Moses. Right. Oh, They yeah. lifted up the serpent, and the people had to look at the serpent. If they did, they wouldn't be killed. Mm-hmm. So I think there was some sort of looking up. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but we, yeah, like Pastor Paul said, we don't, we don't know exactly how high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that Scripture is very clear that Jesus was dead. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that we can affirm that he as well. He takes his final breath. Right. Yeah, and— um, Lee Strobel, he cited all these other people that also um, mm-hmm. agreed with that. They were agnostic, you know, atheists. And when they looked at all the evidence, it proved, as Scripture does, that he was dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, his um, body wasn't stolen like you know some mm-hmm. people thought. And there's all kinds of theories as to. Um, when you're dealing with resurrection issues and not believing in the possibility of a resurrection, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that then you go back to the crucifixion and how did they mess with the crucifixion so that Jesus didn't really die? Mm -hmm. Well, Scripture takes care of that and is very clear about it. And Scripture tells us that the Jews specifically were guarding against him being stolen. (laughs) Right. Because they didn't want the disciples to take him and say, oh, our Lord's resurrected. Uh, they were worried about that, so they provided extra protection that and, he would not be stolen. And the Romans put a couple soldiers yeah. there yep. you yeah, know, for the same issue. Dead. They yes. wanted him dead. Yes. Yeah. And didn't want that rumor out there that right. Jesus was alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make sure he stayed in the tomb, which they didn't succeed at And the well. tomb was sealed right. with sealed. the Roman seal. So the soldiers knew that they would 
potentially die mm-hmm. if that oh, tomb yeah. was not protected. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, we don't understand t- today the brutality of the Romans in that in that regard right. during that time frame, and so the soldiers were watching that tomb upon uh, upon threat of their own death. Oh yeah, if it wasn't kept guarded. Absolutely, I believe that. So uh, when we read in Scripture how the guard or the guards, the Roman soldiers, were given money to just say the disciples came and took the body, that was their out. That was their lifeline uh, from being mm-hmm. um, from being Getting killed by punished, the yeah. or punished by uh-huh. their own uh, Roman soldiers. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how secure that tomb was, not only by the guards but by the the stone that was put in front of it, like the size of it and what it would take to move something like that? Or well, you need um, a couple big burly guys probably to move it, and it was sealed. So that would have added security, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but from what I know, is those you know, round stones were pretty, pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there would have been a track that it would have uh, been in, so it could be rolled back and right. rolled forward. But mm-hmm. it would have been, it wouldn't have been small. Um, not not like a hundred pounds or two hundred pounds. It would have weighed. Upwards of, I'm guessing now, 800, 1,000 pounds mm-hmm. or more. Okay. Um, what about, let's talk a little bit about um, who found, who first found the tomb empty? That was Mary. Mm-hmm. Mary. Mm-hmm. There were, there are Mary, different Mary accounts. And Mary? There are yeah. different accounts, a couple yeah. of different accounts, but it was uh, Mary was a part of that. Mary Magdalene yes. is the one that's focused on, I think, in John's account. Right, right. Uh, there are other accounts where Mary and some other women go there to uh, continue to anoint the body uh, with perfumes and stuff because the decay would have been mm-hmm. uh, pretty smelly. And I think that was just a part of the the Jewish culture uh, to yeah. continue to anoint the body until it's d- decomposed, or at least at this point, that's what scripture tells us. And the tomb is empty. And so Mary's in the garden. Now, depending on your account, if you mm-hmm. try to mesh the accounts together, the other women must have gone back or they must have left or they were there, but the, Focus was on Mary's right. account, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus comes. She thinks he's the gardener. Yeah. What have you done with my Lord? And he says, Mary, and she recognizes his voice. And so there are a couple of really interesting aspects of why a woman mm-hmm. um, might have been the first one to see Jesus. Anyone want to take that? Well, Jesus is the great liberator, mm-hmm. um, and women didn't have a great place in that society. Mm-hmm. And in, in many ways, part of it is is to recognize the you know that women are need to be saved as well, and um, just that whole idea of equality on some levels is Jesus treats us equally. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's that level, but there's a lot more to it than that, I think. And if you look all through uh, Jesus's time on on Earth or during his ministry, he was always going to the outcast. He was always right, yeah, ministering yeah. to those who were um, pushed away from society, those who were sick or uh, at death's door. He didn't go to the Sanhedrin. He didn't go to the high priest and say, "Hey, I'm here now." I'll take True. things over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he performed these miracles for the people who needed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just that wonderful redemptive aspect to from what we do know about Mary Magdalene's life. Right, it would appear she had a very very rough life before meeting Christ. Mm-hmm. She was she had many demons in her that dele- that, that were cast she, out. Yeah, that yeah. were cast out. Um, There's some so, speculation she was a prostitute. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, yep, I don't think that's explicit, but you no, perhaps. No. Um, but that's someone who had that life is who Jesus chooses to appear to first, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we see his heart for redeeming the lost and the broken. Well, when yeah. Jesus is born, the whole story of the three kings, which represent Gentiles, non-Jews for the most part, yeah, and that they come and worship him and. Um, just the shepherds, you know, aren't aren't the first ones you would think of proclaiming right. to the world that the Messiah is born. And who's Mary and Joseph anyway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it's yeah, just ordinary, exactly. everyday people. That's right. And that's who God comes for. Yeah, and so it's an ordinary, everyday woman pleases him. who yeah. has mm-hmm. quite a checkered past and a difficult life that the good news is proclaimed to first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Lee Strobel also mentioned, I thought this was really interesting. He mentioned another theory. He called it, um, it's what some, or the historians use, it's called the criterion of embarrassment theory. And it shows strong evidence of validity. So as the account got out so quickly that the women first discovered them, they didn't hide that fact. And it just shows how valid that is because they didn't, they didn't try to cover it up, like you said, you know. With the soldiers. And, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, mm. and I, I didn't realize that was used as, you know, investigatively by proving things sure. of history. But, well, yeah. and then 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8, talks about all the different people that Jesus met up with after his resurrection and um, before he ascended. Mm-hmm. You know, just proof again that there's all kinds of these people that actually saw Jesus face to face after he rose, yeah. which is proof of resurrection. How right. many people do you think he met? I mean, well, scripture well, says up to 500, 500 wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. more than 500. And Paul says most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And one of the aspects of the resurrection is that nobody refuted it. There's no, there isn't any historical writing that refutes that it didn't happen. Refutes that it happened. So there's nobody saying, you know what, Paul was wrong, or or Peter didn't really see, you know, those disciples they didn't really see Jesus alive. There's none of that kind of evidence that suggests that it it was a lie. Like the soldiers, there's evidence that refutes, right, that mm-hmm. Jesus. How, how do I want to say it? That Jesus was alive, that he didn't die. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the soldiers are saying he remained dead, but there's no other evidence that suggests that he remained dead. Mm-hmm. All of the evidence is that 
he came back from the dead. And there's the other piece is that all but one disciple died a terrible death. Yes. Mm -hmm. None of them refuted or recanted um, the belief that Jesus was resurrected. And if you're going to die for something, you're going to die for something that's true. Yes. You're not going to, you know, die on this hill um, in your life over something that you know to be a lie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not only the disciples, but other people. Many others. Yeah. um, What, James and... Right. Uh, Paul and James was mm-hmm. Jesus' brother, and he wasn't a believer until the resurrection. Mm-hmm. We believe it's about that time, anyways. He became the leader of the church in Jerusalem and died a terrible death. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't do that for a lie. That's right. You give it up. Somebody's going to give it up somewhere if it isn't true. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, I think we'll uh, wrap it up on that on that note. Um, Anybody have anything else? Yeah, Dana, there's one other thing, and I think we'll probably talk about it next week, is the significance of the resurrection. We're talking about the evidence today, but what is the significance of that for the disciples then? We've touched on it, but for us today. So we'll need to talk about that next week. Okay, sounds great. All right, so we come to you from the First United Methodist Church of Gaylord, Michigan. We're located on 215 South Center Street. Um, We have two services on Sunday, a 9 a.m. traditional service and a contemporary uh, service at 1045 a.m. And we'd love to have you come join us in person. Uh, If you can't, though, um, you can also view us on Facebook or YouTube, uh, either at those same times or at any time of your convenience. If you have any questions, please call the office at 989-732-5380 or uh, Google us and on our website, you can find answers to most of your questions there. And uh, thank you very much for listening to us today.